0: Grab your Bibles, if you will, and um, see if you can find Leviticus 16 real fast. Um, Leviticus is the third book in the Bible, way in the Old Testament, part of the Pentateuch. Um, I have to tell you that I'm a bit queasy this morning. I just witnessed something that I never thought I would ever witness in my entire life. Um, My wife just got out her phone and and she went to Google, and I thought she was about to uh, do some Christmas shopping. And my wife is reading the text off of her phone. Something has is the stars are not in alignment when the Youngs start reading the Bible off of their device. Anyway, this is the Bible that is wickedness. Uh, (Laughter) I, I don't know who that woman is, and I've been married to her for 44 years, and she's reading the text right there on that little phone thing. Golly gee, what have we come to? Hey, by the way, before I read my text, uh, some of you are interested um, to know, uh, if you're certainly if you've been around here a while, you're interested to know the men who you have nominated for the office of elder. Um, I can tell you now, we will have a uh, congregational meeting on the first Wednesday of December and you will elect five men from this list of 11 men. I read them to you alphabetically, okay? And I'm going to read them twice because I want you to know uh, all these names. Um, 11 of them. Eric Krigler, Jack DeWald, Bill Gurner, Roger Marion, Wayne Mashburn, Rick San Roman, Brad Smith, Rick Smith, Chris Taylor, Randy Turner, and Dennis Wright. Now, on, on that, uh, I, I don't know what the date is, but December the 4th or the first Wednesday, you will select five of these 11 men. Um, remember, we're expanding this session one per year for three years. Remember, I told you that last year. It seems like just yesterday, but I'm going to read these one more time real quickly in case you're... In. Eric Krigler, Jack DeWall, Bill Gurner, Roger Marion, Wayne Mashburn, Rick San Roman, Brad Smith, Rick Smith, Chris Taylor, Randy Turner, and Dennis Wright. Those are the 11 men that you nominated um, for the office of elder, and you'll select five of those 11. Now, if you found uh, the book of Leviticus, I want to... my, my text really, in all honesty, is just verse 6, but I want to read you the first five verses as we get to verse 6, okay? So follow as I read this first six verses of Leviticus 16. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered profane fire before the Lord had died. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die, for I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body He shall be girded with a linen sash, and with the linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burn offering. Aaron shall offer the bull of a sin offering which is for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this endures forever. You know, guys, it was brought to my attention this week um, in a rather roundabout way that though I have said this before, I need to say it more, or I haven't said it enough. So here, let me say it again. This book, in its entirety, is about Jesus Christ. Uh, You know that to be true of the the New Testament. It's kind of clear in there, isn't it, in the New Testament. But it is equally true, ladies and gentlemen, in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is just as much about Jesus Christ as is the New. He's harder to find, perhaps. One of my heroes is a guy who said... Jesus Christ can be found on every page of the Old Testament. Um, The reason I say that is because our text this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is a classic illustration. Very frankly, it's not hard to see Christ in Leviticus 16. Um, The other passages may be more difficult to see him, but it's not difficult to see him here. Uh, He is placarded. In this, this chapter, which is a description of this day that I told you a month ago, was called Yom Kippur, the day of covering, the day of atonement. Now, so what we're doing, what, what, what I'm supposed to be doing, is every time I show you a page, I'm somehow supposed to show you Jesus on that page. And very honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it is not hard to do this morning. Um, I think you know that the, um, the thing that separates God from us is, of course, our sin. The Bible says that. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2 says that very clearly. Your sin has separated you from God. Um, God is holy, and we're not. And he cannot tolerate sin in his presence. The Bible says so. In Habakkuk chapter 1, his eyes are too holy to even look upon our iniquity. So, in the Old Testament, in order that he might dwell in the midst of Israel, he um, and, and dwell there without compromising his own character, he, he put in place... This, um, this one day called the Day of Atonement which um, or, or where atonement for sin would be made. Now guys, you've got to get this part. This is the key thing about the Day of Atonement. It's very difficult. It was annual. That means it was it happened every year. That means that it was repeated over and over and over and over and over again, which suggests what? That the remedy that was offered in that day of atonement was impermanent. It was temporary. It was not complete. It was not perfect. It was, it was, just, it was just a stopgap measure. But it did more than that. It was a prophetic type. It was a picture it was kind of a, um, an acted out portrayal. This day in, described in Leviticus 16 called Yom Kippur, called the Day of Atonement, took its bony little finger and turned our heads towards something that would come later. <clears throat> Again, guys, don't forget, it was annual. Annually they had to do this. Because it wasn't a permanent remedy. Now, listen to this out of the New Testament. Um, Not with the blood of goats and calves. By the way, that's referring to Leviticus 16. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all. Again, you know who this is describing, don't you? This is a description of Christ's work here in Hebrews 9. And by the way, same thing said in Hebrews 10. But the difference you see, I hope, is that this Leviticus 16 thing was repeated over and over and over and over again. Jesus' payment for sin because that meant it was a permanent solution. Now gang, there's there's a couple other things that I want you to see just in the text that I read. Gang, did you see who this is addressed to. Now, God is speaking to Moses, and Moses is supposed to tell Aaron. Aaron. Aaron? Aaron? Yeah, Aaron. Well, who's he? Well, Aaron is the high priest. Now, you know who the high priest in Israel was, don't you? I mean, he was the top dog. He was the big kahuna. He was the, uh, he was numero uno. He was the head of the religious world. He was the, <coughs> he was the guy who was in charge of all this religious stuff that went on in Israel. And, and, and he needed forgiveness of sin. Oh, Yeah. Guys, did you see what it says in verse 6? Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron needed a savior just as much as Samson did. You remember Samson, don't you? Samson and Delilah. You know, the guy with all that lust problem. Aaron, the high priest, kicked off the day, the day of atonement. He started the day by bringing a sacrifice for his own sin. Because he couldn't make any sacrifice for anybody else's sin until he had dealt with his own and he did that year after year after but you never see Christ offering a sacrifice for his sin gang all i'm trying to show you is leviticus 16 is trying to point you to Jesus Christ we got this stopgap measure day of atonement but one day we won't need it anymore Because all these sacrifices that have to be year after year after year, annually, annually, annually. There's one who was coming. And once he has spilled his blood, that will be it. Because sin will be paid for, not temporarily, but permanently. One other thing, and I'll quit. I I wonder when I read this, this text, I wonder if you sit out there and thinking trousers, linen sash, um, turban. What's all that about? And by the way, take a bath before you put them on. Don't put those clothes on dirty. My wife says that sometimes, <laughs> um, but you know you got to take a bath before you put those clothes on. There's a linen sash and there's linen trousers and there's a linen belt and there's a turban and there's all kinds of get up. What's all that about? Well, guys, over in Exodus 38, I think the 28, 38, 38, I think it is, God designated that the high priest would have special clothes on. Clothes designed for this day. He he, he told what they were supposed to look like, what color they were supposed to be, um, you know, the fabric out of which they were to be made. Because uh, the uh, when the high priest went in on the day of atonement, everything else was supposed to stop as we as we fixed our attention on the offering of blood for sin. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, all those fancy clothes didn't wash away one sin, not one. Um, but, uh, I mean, uh, Dr. Young, I mean, he took a bath. Yeah, he did. He, took, he didn't take the right one, but he took a bath. And you get all dude up with the turban on. I'm going to get me a turban. And, uh, you know, a little thing and a little... And, uh, and all those appearances mean nothing. Oh, he looked good on the outside. And so do you. And it means nothing. What you need is a savior from your sin. What you need is spilled blood. What you need is not the blood of calves and goats. No, 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 no. You need the blood that is drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And you know what? This morning we're going to drink that stuff. At least we're going to drink it emblematically through this sacrament. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the Day of Atonement was a day that pointed us forward to a coming Savior. This sacrament is a day that points us back to the Savior who came. Here, ladies and gentlemen, not here, but here, is the remedy for the distance between a holy God and a sinful man. the shed blood of Jesus Christ spilled once and for all. Is this Christ your Savior? I sure hope so. Our Father, would you now meet us around this table? Would you now tell us again this great gospel message about what you've done to save sinners as wicked as Jimmy Young? Would you remind us that it is not our appearances, it's not our, our efforts at cleaning ourselves up, it's not our, um, our moral bathing? Oh, no. It's Christ and him crucified. That there's not enough righteousness combined in this room to fill up a thimble, what we need. The only righteousness acceptable in heaven is the righteousness of Christ and him crucified. Now meet us here, Father, to remind us of those things that have delivered our souls. We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name.